And before I jump into that primary drive, thank you so much for that compliment. I really like sincerely appreciate that. That's who I want to be. Welcome to the People People Podcast. We're on a mission to spread human connection. Welcome to the People People Podcast. This is Matt Matson, your host. Man, I'm glad you're with me. This episode is so much fun. Get to talk to my buddy Vince Fabra. But before we get there, let me just say this. I know you're out there. I see you. I can sense you out there. You are trying to build human connection. You're trying to build a world. You're trying to co-create the world that you want to live in by making choices in every momentary interaction. Choices about the way that you connect. Choices about the care that you give. Choices about the level to which you are curious, generous, authentic, and vulnerable. You're trying to live a life of social excellence, and I appreciate you for that. And just know that I'm rooting for you, and I'm trying to. I know it's not always easy. And yeah, you need some days off. And yeah, there are moments when you're not connecting at your highest level and you're not living your most socially excellent life. But that's okay because kind of the point of social excellence is that it's this target on the wall. It's this thing that we're always chasing. And this People People podcast is for people who I think are interested in this idea of social excellence, this idea of human connection being the one thing that we all desperately need, we all long for, and we all have in common. Enjoy this episode of the People People Podcast. Vince Fabra, he's the host of the You Almost Had It podcast. Check that out, by the way, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. He is a stand-up comedian. Uh, He's a professional speaker. We used to work together. He used to actually teach social excellence for a living. Still kind of does, and I I just I dig that about him. Anyway, Vince Fabra, here's this episode. You're going to love it. Thanks for joining the People People Podcast. Have fun. Welcome to this episode of the People People Podcast. It's me, Matt Matson, your host. I'm joined today by uh, Vince Fabra, my buddy Vince Fabra, an old friend. Vince has taught social excellence in the past. He's actually featured in the book about social excellence. Vince, he's an active public speaker, professional speaker. Uh, he's a, a, a very active stand-up comedian. He's a husband. He's a father, and he's a fellow podcaster. He's got a fantastic yeah. podcast. Uh, that I'll bet some listeners of the People People podcast have also also heard. Anyway, welcome, Vince. Glad to have you here. Matt Matson, happy to be here with the uh, the biggest people person I know, you. This is great. I'm glad to be here to just talk and hang out with you, man, with microphones rolling. Yeah, let's just see where this goes. Uh, we have very little plan, which I feel like is your style and sometimes mm. my style as well. That's good. You know, the point of this podcast is really simple. This isn't about teaching social excellence. This is about just real conversations, right? Like what mm-hmm. happens when we try to be socially excellent and record it? And maybe, just maybe, listeners take something away from that. They find a little inspiration or they learn a nugget or, or they just like us and want to listen to us again. <laughs> For sure. They completely internalize it and do nothing with it. But eventually... That'll pop out in some way, you know, they'll, yep. they'll, they'll use what they heard and put into practice what they felt. So, yeah, I'm, I'm down for it, man. Well, all right. So do people like you, Vince? Uh, my sense is that everybody on earth likes Vince Fabra. Is that true? Man, I tell you what, I appreciate that compliment. I have at, at certain points been very aware and also very grateful that for some reason people like me, you know, 
I remember like anytime you, you see someone that, that is like struggling to be accepted or trying really hard to be liked and they're, they're in a social setting, like just sucking all the oxygen out because that's what they need. They just like need to take one big breath of acceptance from everyone. And especially later in my life after getting married and after having a, a family and, and kind of finding like a more like permanent sense of, of acceptance and happiness, you know, I'm just, I just sit back and I say, man, I'm, I'm so grateful that I, I, I haven't felt the need to do that in a long time, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I, I think people like me in general at times, you know, especially when you and I find ourselves at the same conferences, hobnobbing in the lobbies and stuff like that. I, I hope people would think that it's a genuine thing because I, I, I feel like it is. I'm trying to be sincere and I'm trying to be nice to others. So yeah, people like me. I'm not afraid to admit that on a podcast. That's, people that's a, like me. That's a bold <laughs> thing to say. That's a bold thing to say. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like you, uh, and I, I I do think people like you, and I I think uh, sincerity is that's an important word, right? Like I've always had this sense that any interaction with you is utterly sincere, but because you happen to be, have a level of self confidence that makes you funny, boisterous, that makes you uh, I don't know, the life of the party maybe isn't the right phrase, but uh, but you can certainly bring joy to a room. You can certainly light up a room and bring people together. <laughs> people are suspicious of that. Like, yeah, uh, I, right. Uh, and I don't mean like people are whispering in my ear being like that Vince Faber, that guy. He's, he's, that's not what I mean. <laughs> who, who, who said what to you, Matt? Who right. has said uh, what uh, to don't you? Worry about it. Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> but I think I feel that. I certainly know other people on our team who teach social excellence and who feel like it actually is a lifestyle that they've chosen, right? Like that's not just a line yeah. in, a, in a program or line in a book, but like who feel like they've, they've made this choice to as often as possible to actually try to connect with people and actually have conversations that go a level deeper than most people. And people are suspicious. People, people like they raise their eyebrow and they're like, I don't know about this. This guy's nice. This guy is, yeah. this guy yeah. is kind and generous. What's that about? Why, why are people yeah. afraid of it? I don't know. And that's a really interesting point. And I did have a conversation about this on one of the episodes of my podcast. My longtime co-host who took a break and came back, we recorded like a reunion episode and we always close our episodes by talking about a fun moment from our friendship. And he used to play music and I was like his biggest fan, you know, and my patented move in college was I would get as close to the stage as possible and sing louder than the person with the microphone. You know, that was just kind of my move. <laughs> and I told my buddy Luke, I said, you know, and I'm going to be honest, man, like part of that was I'm trying to shine as well. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to be seen and and, and sing along and, and be noticed as the funny guy, et cetera, whatever. But most of it was... Dude, I'm just so happy right now. Like my buddy is playing music. He's playing a Justin Timberlake song. Like, of course, I'm going to scream all the words and just be so happy in the moment that this is happening. And if people notice me, I'm okay with that. But like I, I would, if it was a pie chart, I think it would be like 75. I just love what's happening right now. And 25, like if I shine a little bit, I ain't mad about it, you know? And I think... It's it's very easy to just assume that it's a hundred percent Vince Fabra or whomever trying to shine. You know, like 
I remember one time you and I were at a conference and it was a conference where undergrad students were there. So, you know, just by the virtue of us being graduated from college, we kind of had like, I guess, a little bit of a status. We were the adults, so to speak. And everyone was going filing into like the general mass, you know, big 3000 person keynote session or whatever. And I was just standing there as high-fiving as many people as possible, you know, part because that was the brand of the company is high-five and part because it was just like, guys, get excited. This is a a real treat what you're about to do here. You know, I was just trying to spread as much positivity as possible. And I think you came up to me afterwards and you were like, you know, I really noticed that and I appreciated that about what you did without any regard to maybe how that might come across, you know? And I was just like, uh, why did it come across bad? <laughs> like, what does that what does that mean? Uh, you were just like, no, 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 no. And I think you know we kind of had a funny moment there, but yeah, just I think if there's an opportunity to to like spread some some fun or some happiness or some joy, just take that opportunity and live with the results. You know, if if people uh, assume that it comes from a place uh, of sincerity, then obviously that's that's what you prefer. But if people just think you're the you're the funny guy that is at times a little inauthentic, you got to live with that. I'd rather be perceived as the funny guy that's a little inauthentic than never spread joy in my life. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was having a conversation. This is on a, a another interview that I was doing for this podcast. I was talking to RJ Taylor. You know RJ. And uh, mm. RJ, I think at the time was in, I, I'm, I'm going to forget now, but I think he was in Bulgaria in a hostel like in an attic, he's doing this this trip around the world, right? And uh, yeah, RJ's one of those guys who is always in awe of everything. And we had this, yeah. this conversation about like, why don't we all live that way, right? Like, why don't we all live in awe? Like, isn't that a better life? To your point, like, I, I'd yeah. rather be laughed at for being just awed by every moment and finding beauty all the time and, and finding a reason to to be joyful. Absolutely. Meanwhile, people are pointing and laughing, right? People are pointing and laughing and saying, why is, why is that guy such a, such a goon, right? Like, what, like, what is me, that about? Let me interject with the perfect moment from comedy that sums up this point. So Kristen Wiig, when she was on SNL, she used to do a really funny Taylor Swift impression, mm-hmm. which was basically just like walking on stage and being like, what? <laughs> I can't believe this. This is amazing, right? Yeah. And like maybe Taylor Swift is genuinely in awe every time she walks onto a stage to a sold out arena, you know? Yeah. But like you said, that is what Kristen Wiig harvested and chose to make fun of, and we all laugh because we recognize that that struck some truth, right, to, to Taylor Swift's persona or whatever. Because yeah. I think if you are constantly in awe of things, it would be easy for someone to notice that and bring attention to it, whether their goal is to make you look good or make you look silly, you know? So uh, are you ever Taylor Swift still? I mean, let's, I mean, you, you've spoken to big audiences, you, you do a lot of comedy, like, I, I know for you, it's an aspiration to be able to stand on stage, hold a microphone and make people feel joy, right? Like, like bring people happiness. And yeah, are, are there still moments where you're, you like take, you, you know, the lights shining on you, you got the microphone on the stand and, and <laughs> you notice like the audience is there, like you're there, you're, you're doing that thing. Do you, do you still, are you ever Taylor Swifted? I'm Taylor Swifted all the time. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I think I like it's probably less about the the setting and sizes of the stages and audience now, just because that's kind of leveled off to a certain consistency that's kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. But when you have those moments where the the connection is is greater than normal or better than usual, you know, sometimes I'll get the the head to toe goosebumps if like I'm trying to to hit a point. And then I open it up for like suggestions from the audience. And then everyone makes all the points that I'm about to make. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're all on the same page right now. Or in, in comedy, if you're just if you're just on fire and everything you're saying is 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 hitting, and you're also creating in the moment, like you're writing, you're adding to jokes that were pre-written with things that are coming up in the moment, and you're like, oh man, like we're all in a flow together. And 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 those are the moments where I'm in awe. And so hopefully there will be another plateau in a speaking career or in a comedy career where I walk into a venue, you know, just by nature of how many people are in the crowd or like what's at stake or, you know, how many cameras are rolling. Like, wow, this is a big deal, you know. But right now I feel like most of my comedy is pretty consistent venue-wise. Most of my speaking is pretty consistent venue-wise. But the the Taylor Swift moments of where I'm in awe are when like I can't believe it's going this well. <laughs> like yeah. this is going well, and yeah. that feels great. Yeah. Are there is there a parallel for you, or or can you draw out the parallel between uh, those stage moments, right? Like those stage moments where you're just vibing with the crowd and they're getting everything yeah. that you're putting out there. They're responding to like all. It almost seems like a wave of doesn't happen all the time, but when it does happen, right? Like like you and they are one, right? Like, like it's, it's a, yeah, it's a oh, wonderful yeah. feeling as a speaker and as a comedian, I got to believe it's, it's similar. It's a, I feel like it's much harder, by the way. I've, I've always thought the standup comedy has got to be far harder than anything that, uh, that I've ever done on stage. But, but can you draw out the parallel between that and just this, right? Like a one-on-one conversation or talking to somebody new or talking to like talking to your, your wife, right? Like, like, or, or whoever, yeah. what's What's that connection? What is what is the magic? You know, I, I think what what makes what makes like performances easier to kind of dial into that. Let's be on the same page. Let's let's be um, you know connected through whatever's happening on the stage right now is because the audience and the performer walk in with almost like an expectation or, or a goal, you know. And I think in everyday life, there's there's really no expectation or a goal like with breakfast conversations with your significant other or, mm. you know, striking up a conversation with the coworker. But sometimes when, when that happens, you know, it's even more special because you didn't, you know, you, you weren't trying to get booked again at that college or that, or that comedy club. You're just yeah. kind of open to the possibility of, of some some real connection happening. And then it does. I think the parallel is... And and this might uh, be a little on the nose with with some of the few notes that you sent me of maybe we wanted to talk about, but Mm -hmm. like I think I think the uh, I think the the magic is like being intentional to not have a mundane conversation, you know, trying to be intentional to push it to one like a fun zone maybe or like maybe like a deep zone. You know what I'm saying, Matt Matson? I think uh, I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, any listeners of Vince Favre's podcast, uh, any Yahi Tunas out there, Yahi stands Shout for out. You Almost Had It. Shout out to the Yahi Tunas out there. Uh, yeah, maybe I might be trying to recruit some Yahi Tunas over here. Maybe just add a second podcast. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying yeah, to steal anybody. I'm just trying to, anyway. Uh, any Yahi Tunas out there, people who listen to Vince's You Almost Had It podcast will know that this, in fact, is a five-star segue. And Vince, <laughs> Vince, just, uh, Vince just prepared us uh, to talk about an important, uh, for me, one of my favorite pieces of curriculum uh, that we as a company, as the Social Excellence Project, have ever sort of come up with came directly from Vince. It's this idea of the fun zone and the deep zone. Vince, if you were to just teach somebody fun zone, deep zone, get out of the middle, teach them what that means and why that matters real quick. Let's give them just a little chunk of that. Yeah. The best way to say it is like, you could be a guy or a girl with like a really fun, interesting question that just is a like springboard to a really fun conversation or you could be like a guy or a girl that like is very curious and 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 wants to kind of get to not what people do but why they do it and 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 really tries to understand people not from a judgmental way but just because you want them to feel understood or you could just be a guy or a girl you know you could just be that same guy or that same girl that same person that just asks the, the the small talk conversations and never really takes that chance. Never really is is bold with your with your interactions. Never really is vulnerable, and just have a bunch of mundane, safe conversations. And so, when I first started, you know, working with students and and just kind of trying to figure out how to teach social excellence, I realized that there was a difference between what exists in the fun zone and deep zone, and then what exists in the middle. And the middle is just safe, boring, everyday conversation. So sometimes you might have the intention to make something fun and it gets deep or vice versa. Uh, But as long as you're not in the everyday mundane, I think you're going to be all right. Yeah. That idea of so many people live their life in the middle, right? Like, and in fact, yeah. in fact, it's the goal. Many people's goal is to stay in the middle, stay in the safe space, stay in the average, stay, stay so that you don't get noticed, so that you don't get pointed at, so that uh, yeah. so you don't sort of fall off the social cliff. Uh, and the middle is the safe part. But those people who are able to push a com- an individual conversation or even sort of live their life out of the middle and have have interactions that end up in either the fun zone or the deep zone, as you put it find a level of connection that most people only sort of point and laugh at or dream about and aspire to, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And just small talk is uh small talk is is who wants that, you know. Yeah. And and what I say, you know, what I said very early on when I first created the the fun zone deep zone in the middle using a football analogy, you know. Oh, I remember that slide. Maybe fo- you you made a great yeah, slide. <laughs> <laughs> just just a just a patented Vince Fabro waste an afternoon building one slide, you know. Uh, it took like 10 hours to create it. And it was just it like was a, a, a really bad cartoon football field at the end of it. But the end yeah. zones, right? The end zones, one end zone the was end the fun zones. zone, one end zone was the deep zone, right? One end zone was deep zone. Mm-hmm. And there was a yeah, like the X's and O's oh, all yeah. worked together oh, to yeah. <laughs> to make a play or whatever. Yeah. So bad. Um I might have that somewhere. I'll pull that up. But anyway, yeah, like like the the middle, the 50 yard line is not a bad place to start 
your drive, your conversation. You know, if you start in the yeah. middle, that's okay. But as long as you had, you got to advance, you got to be moving towards one of the two end zones. Otherwise, it's a boring zero zero game where we're just punting back and forth, you know? And so it's okay to start with where you're from. It's okay to start with, you know, how long have you worked here? It's okay to start with these conversation questions that might seem a little safe, you know? And actually, it's probably better to start there as opposed to what's your greatest fear, stranger I've never talked to before, you know? Yeah. So, but as long as you're trying to move towards one of the zones, like that, like you were saying, Matt, you know, like that's where the good stuff in life exists, you know, and, and that's where memories are made and connections are formed and, and, and just, yeah, like love and happiness exists in the fun and deep zones, yeah. not in the middle. So something you know very well about me, and I'm, I'm guessing our listeners are starting to figure out, is that the deep zone is my preference, right? Like I, I am, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm naturally inclined to just seek out the deep zone, and I love it, man. Like I, I, if you you give me one of those conversations where it's like nobody else is around and we're locked in talking about the important stuff of life, right? Like, man, I, that's what I live for. I, I feel like that's I, I've talked often about that's that's like divine for me. There, there's almost a spiritual yeah. aspect of of conversations like that, of connection like that. But I feel like, honestly, it's almost a crutch for me or a weakness for me that I rely so heavily on going to the deep zone with people. And Mm -hmm. it is not a natural inclination for me to easily go big into the fun zone. I I can tread into the fun zone. I can play around in there. But but all of that is is like distraction for me to get over it back into the deep zone just because it's my preference. Or it's not even my preference. It's just where... It's where I'm led, right? Like it's, it's sort of, yeah, yeah. I'm weighted that way. Uh, and so I, I I had the thought that like, especially on podcast episodes when I'm doing these interviews, like I'm, I'm asking like, you know, deep zone questions often right off the bat. And I want to, I want this to be more fun. Honestly, I, I want to be funnier. I want to be more playful. <laughs> uh, I want people, to, yeah. I want people to like me like they like you, Vince. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Well, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. I think they do. I do. I like you as much as I like me, you know? But yeah, and, and you know, one great thing, let me ask you a, a question first. So like, if you yeah. are in the fun zone, do you yeah. feel like, all right, we got to get back on the deep zone highway? Like we took this exit, let's get back. Or do you feel like you want to pull yourself back to the deep zone? Yeah, I've, I I almost feel like uh, like the value isn't the same. I don't actually yeah. logically believe it, but I think I I should say I value the deep mm-hmm. zone more than I value uh, the fun zone, just naturally. Yeah, but I, I don't want yeah. to like that. Like I really believe that there's as much human connection in sharing real moments of joy. Right? I'm not talking yeah. about like laughing at the same joke. I'm talking about like these moments of of elation, right? And not even, like, yeah. like just, I think there's as much human connection in sharing a, like a rich smile and a hearty laugh, mm. right? As there is yeah. in, uh, in sharing, you know, a single tear, I guess. I, I don't know. Totally. totally. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give you some wisdom that was dropped on me. And then I would love to tell you a story that I think captures what you're after. That sounds great. That sounds like a a well-constructed podcast moment. Let's do it. Yeah. So you and I were talking earlier this week about the band that was at my wedding. Oh, yeah. Flow Flow Tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly, 
Shout out to Flow Chat, particularly the gentleman on the on the washboard and the harmonica, the utility man of the band. His name is John Michael Early, uh, one of my, my my best friends, my oldest friends, and we became friends at a at a high school leadership camp where we were at first delegates and then we were counselors all throughout our college experience. So probably seven summers spent down in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Shout out to Natchitoches, Louisiana, city yeah. of lights, you know. And so every year, you know, the 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 format of the camp is pretty similar. Monday night is Olympics, you know, we do silly games and there's like family groups and competitions and stuff. And then later on and is one other event. But then there's a night where there's just jam-packed, there's a, a talent show where people like sing songs and, you know, do anything that you would see in a standard talent show. The only difference is everyone gets a standing ovation and it is just like the safest space to ever perform ever because it's yeah. like the nicest kids from every, you know, high school in Louisiana. And then right after the talent show, we do this thing called boundary breaking, where you take like a pie tin, you put a couple of like 15 cent candles in the pie tin and you all lay around in a circle and you ask like more of the deep zone questions, you know? And so between the talent show and boundary breaking, I go to my buddy, John Michael, and I'm just like, dude, I'm always so confused every single year while we're like riding the high of standing ovations at the talent show. And then we come and we bring it down to boundary breaking. I just feel like it is a complete like slam on the brakes of the energy that we had going. And John Michael was like, you know, I don't see it like that. I think they're perfect to follow each other because they're they're all emotion. It's all emotion. You know, people get excited to cl- clap and cheer for their friends. And then they get excited to, to get around a circle and share about themselves and learn about their friends, you know, and so... I, I, maybe that was like the first moment where the fun zone, deep zone was planted into my head as like a, a counselor at this summer camp. But like, it's all connected. They're not parallel lines. They're a double helix, you know, like in, in the, the, the finest moments in life are when both are happening at the same exact time, you know, or it's like, this is deep because it is so fun or this is fun because it is so deep. And yeah. we are experiencing something that is meaningful. And everyone knows that it's special. We all know that it's special. No one is in the middle right now. Everyone is in agreement that what we are doing is special. And, you know, John Michael pointed that out many summers ago. And then, you know, creating Fun Zone, Deep Zone. I I guess I'm always just trying to figure how to get to those moments that are, you don't even know what zone they're in. You just know that it's not the middle, you know? Yeah. It's all emotion. First of all, like the reason we were talking about John Michael earlier this week on a phone call was I, I was listening to some music. I don't know. I was listening to some music I, I'd never heard before. And it reminded me of Flow Tribe, of, of that, of your wedding band. And specifically, I brought yeah. up John Michael. So I, I don't know John Michael. I've, I've, I've only watched him perform one time in my life at your wedding reception, uh, which is a fantastic yeah. wedding, by the way. Fantastic. So there's a reason he came up. And Vince, how long ago, how long have you been married now? August 30th was four years for us. Four years ago, I just I remember standing at your wedding reception. First of all, wedding receptions are fantastic. I don't know why wedding receptions don't happen more often in our regular life. Like we should have a wedding yeah. reception to go to every week. And your wedding reception, live band, this guy, th- it, the band was great. The music was great. But this guy was so like, John Michael was so like viscerally into whatever instrument he was playing, including the washboard, right? Like he's scratching yeah. up and down a washboard. And- it was like this expression of emotion, right? Like just 
And and I love what like I I don't know what that feeling was. I don't know I don't know if I was in the fun zone or the deep zone, but I fell in love yeah. with John Michael playing the washboard. Like ah, there was just something Absolutely. so like full on about it, right? Like Absolutely, yeah. And what what I am am aware of is like all the factors at play, right? Like he's in Charleston, South Carolina at his buddy's wedding, you know, his like high school buddy's wedding. Yeah. And he's doing what he loves with his bandmates that he loves. And like, there's just so, and, and what is that? Is that fun zone or deep zone? You know, is, is that, what, what is that? It's just, you just know it's rich and full of emotion, you know? And like, and then, then what he's doing becomes almost hypnotic and transfers a good energy to some people, whether they're dancing their asses off, getting sweaty like we were, or whether they're just drinking a cocktail, watching this guy do his thing, you know? And so, yeah, I think it it can be that, you know? And it also can be, you know, a, a conversation you have in a hot tub on a company retreat. You know, I remember you and I were like really yeah. intentional of like, man, let's just make this a memorable conversation. And we talked a lot about a lot, you know, and I think uh, another colleague of ours was there. So it doesn't always have to be centered around a performance. But like I said uh, earlier, when when there's a performance involved, it's it's easier to achieve that because people go in with with expectations and goals. You want to have fun at a wedding reception. You want to have fun at a comedy show, you know, yeah. and, and the performer wants to do well and, and, and get you there. Uh, the insight for me is you and I professionally in different ways, but you and I and John Michael, for that matter, in different ways, we professionally deal in emotion, right? Mm-hmm. We intentionally mm-hmm. we intentionally try to uh, evoke emotions that change behaviors or that just offer uh, a moment to sit in that in the the wonder of that emotion. And yeah, it makes me wonder why in everyday life, Many people are afraid of emotion, right? Yeah. Many people are afraid of, of expressing an emotion that goes outside of the middle. Maybe to take it back to, to your metaphor, right? To the, to the mm-hmm. fun zone, deep zone stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's all any of us want for much of our life, right? Like we're all like, uh, there, there's a reason we all go to a therapist. It's because we haven't figured out how to express like emotion in a normal everyday conversation. Another podcast interview, uh, I was talking with a teacher nearby, my daughter's teacher, and she used the phrase uh, emotional vocabulary. Uh, like uh, we talked oh, I about- like that. Yeah, we talked about how if, if we could have high school students graduate with only one additional skill as they go into adulthood, uh, it would just be the ability to name and discuss the emotion that they were feeling. Because most people yeah. have zero, zero capacity for that. And for that matter, zero interest in it. Like they, they avoid it fully, but we yeah. have a comedy show so, so that we can, so that we can feel like in a safe, dark place, laugh really loud, right? Like, is, is that totally. what it's about? Uh, we, yeah. we, we watch a performer, a, a musical performer and just, fully vibe with it because there's no place to do that in regular life. And I, I don't know, for me, that's this social excellence thing. The reason I think I, I lean into the deep zone more often is because I think it's easier to evoke full emotion in the deep zone, not just, not just giggles, right? Uh, not just, yeah. uh, not just polite laughter, uh, but like to evoke some of the scary emotions maybe, or, or the emotions that we're less comfortable with. Totally. It makes me wonder about the other the other thing I prepared you for, the other little note that I sent you in preparation for this conversation. You are doing a ton of work right now, I know, in your speaking career 
talking about insecurity. Yeah. That's a word that I am I am intrigued by uh, that I am that I find myself using more often because you've taught it to me uh, and, and not that you taught me the word I knew the word before but you you taught me its, <laughs> its application in our work and I, I find myself I don't have anything when I teach it I, I don't I don't teach it I just bring it up I'm like you have insecurities I have insecurities let's talk about them and then I just see what happens yeah. but I feel like you in fact I know that you have you've really built out a lot of messaging around just the simple idea of why our insecurities get in the way of the things that we actually want to be and the things that we actually want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to go back to something that you made me think of a second ago when you were talking about safe, dark room laughing at a comedy show, I'm sure you've seen it a million times on stage where like you make someone laugh and the first thing that they do, their involuntary response is to feel joy and, 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 and express that outwardly, involuntarily. And the first thing they do is quiet themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, they put their hand over their mouth and they, they feel embarrassed that they just felt joy because they don't want people to look at them. How dare you experience joy yeah. at this Tuesday night mandatory speech? <laughs> you know, like, uh, like it's, it's just, I think, I think insecurity is probably the birthplace for all of us preventing ourselves from experiencing the fun zone or the deep zone. You know, we, we stay in the middle because like we said, it's safe and it's easy to do that. So the way that I frame it is just to get people to, to buy in is I tell very privileged people that their life is hard. Hmm. I do that because I believe that it is but I also feel like I have a responsibility to make them aware of their privilege, you know? And so at the very early on, when I, when I do these talks that for the most part are centered around insecurity, although kind of like you, the opposite of you, I don't say the word, you know, it sounds like you say the word to bring up the thought and yeah. I just bring up those thoughts without saying the word, you know? So I try to tell them that like, your life is hard. We are very fortunate. Uh, the pain you feel in your stomach is not hunger, it's anxiety. And I think all of us, if we had to choose, we would choose the current pains of anxiety over the hunger pains that exist for billions of people in the world. But that doesn't mean that that that, that pain isn't real for you. And let's talk about it, you know? And so we just talk about the daily goals of, of humans, but particularly college students, the folks that we work with the most. And 10 times out of 10, it, it doesn't fail. I say, talk to your neighbor what are your goals for the day? You pull a couple from people and the word survive comes back every wow, time. Wow, really? You know, absolutely, every time. And going back to the head to toe goosebumps when the audience kind of gives you the magic you were hoping for, the very first time I had this presentation, I, I had the word survive queued up to click with the presentation clicker. And, yeah. and a girl, she said survive and I was like, oh my God. This is amazing. And I clicked it and I was like, survive. And everyone in the room was like, yes. And like, you know, snaps and claps and like preach emojis and stuff. And so what I, what I just had to tell people, again, I have a responsibility to remind them of their privilege. Like, this is not a physical sense of survival that we're talking about. Like, you know where your next meal is coming from. You turn on the tap, you've got clean water and those are blessings. Don't take that for granted. However, Like this is a social sense of survival. Every single day you want to wake up and convince people that you've got it figured out, even though 
we're all struggling, you know? And I want to have that conversation right here. And I want to talk about how those forces of insecurity, I've kind of named them as like the desire to seek positive uh, affirmation and the, and the intense pressure to avoid negative attention. So we just want to stay in the positive, right? Like how many times do, am I the butt of the joke versus how many times do I look cool? And I think every day is kind of like this social currency to, to not be in debt and just to stay uh, above, uh, you know, the, the, the stay in the black. And, and I think like you were saying a second ago, you know, the, those feelings really are drive behavior. I mean, it, it, it's very connected one to the other. Those feelings drive behavior. And so I, I just want to help people maybe feel a different thing so they can do a different thing. You know, if we can call out the, the insecurity that they might feel and maybe replace it with a different kind of feeling, maybe they'll have a, a different set of behaviors to go with it. You talk about the intense pressure to avoid what looking bad or or, or being just negative attention, or, negative attention, yeah, yeah, negative attention. The intense pressure to avoid negative attention. I feel like that plays such a big role in so many people's lives that we do not talk about, we do not address uh, in yeah. the way that in the way in normal conversation in. Man, in, in the way that we, as a parent, in the way that we act around teachers or when we drop off the kids at carpool or as a yeah. student, right, in the way that that we do or don't socialize on the weekends. Hey, Matt, your your daughters, have they ever cried on an airplane? And how did that make you feel while they were crying on an yeah, airplane? right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God, everyone hates right. me. I'm the worst <laughs> parent ever. <laughs> just be, just, just please be quiet. Yeah, I don't care what you want. I just need you to be quiet. That's what we need right now. I'll tell you, the airplane crying is one thing. Uh, the other thing is when you're in your local grocery store and uh, and they throw a full on tantrum. Doesn't happen too often. My my kids yeah. are pretty good, but the moments where it's like uh, flip out, you know, and we're in the in in the cereal aisle, uh, that maybe and cliche. your neighbors are your right? neighbors might be walking around. Like that yeah. is so that is such a real like all of the all of the instinctual things of survival pop out in that moment, right? Like what yeah. do I have to do to not be kicked out of the, out of the tribe, right? That's a, I think, yeah. I think that's all, that's all real. I think that's all evolutionary. That's all instinctual. And so, so I guess my question to you is how, how does somebody take control of that? How does somebody, how does somebody not allow that intense pressure to dictate their behaviors? I feel like it's something you do. Like, I feel like, I feel like you, you always choose to, uh, I don't know, you always choose to socialize in your own way. You always choose to, like, you're not, I don't feel like you give in to that pressure a whole lot. And I don't know why. And sometimes I've looked at you in awe, like, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, Vance is like, I appreciate I, it. I, that's something oh, I, I just love about you. The, for those uh, who don't know Vince personally, like Vince is a Vince is a compulsive includer. Uh, he is fantastic at making the people around him, everybody around him, uh, feel like they're a part of the group, uh, feel like they're safe. But I, I feel like you often lean into the fun zone as a, as a way to do that. I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, how do how do people take control of that that instinct and not let it dictate their behavior? Absolutely. Yeah, so I think it it all comes like a about like your 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 primary drive 
And before I jump into that primary drive, thank you so much for that compliment. I really like sincerely appreciate that. That's who I want to be, you know, so I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So yeah, you got to replace your primary drive, you know? And so like, if your primary drive is to stay in the positive of your social currency, look cool more than you look like an idiot, then you're just, you're just going to wear yourself out because on top of that, you've got actual money that you've got to worry about, like job, you know, social obligations, like group obligations, if you're a part of groups and stuff. So it just like, when you, when you give yourself another thing to, to worry about, that's where people feel overwhelmed and feel like the sense of survival kick in. Like, man, I just got to get through this day sleep less hours than, you know, fewer hours than I want to so I can wake it up and wake up and do it all again tomorrow. Like that sucks. It sucks so much. Like, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. that, that is a hard life, you know? And at the same time, you're sleeping in sheets that are 500 thread count and you've got, you know, all of the uh, world's entertainment at your fingertips with, uh, <laughs> with your television, but it doesn't mean that you're, that you're any happier, you know? And so yeah. what, what I think is, is what we have to, we have to do is, figure out what happiness is and chase that as opposed to chasing these moments where you successfully avoid looking like an idiot and successfully convince other people that you're cool. And so for me, what I've, what I've kind of identified is like, I know, I know what makes me happy and I know what, what I, what I want to do, like an inside out happiness, like detached from results. It's not about getting the laugh I mean, obviously you want to get laughs or or you want to be successful as a, as a speaker, but it's just about like, I want to be among the, I want to be in that arena. And if, and if you bomb or if you crush, it's okay. Just like being there is okay. is is the goal, you know? And so for me, I think you got to like, just to try to sum it up the long winded answer with a sentence, (laughs) (laughs) what you want to do is you want to replace that primary drive of being so concerned of not looking like an idiot and convincing people you're cool with an actual vocational purpose or calling with something that regardless of results, you will want to wake up and do every single day. And I feel like I'm close to figuring it out. And, you know, obviously it will will require some tweaking as I age and and my daughter grows up, et cetera. But I just want to, I want to create good vibes with a microphone in my hand. That's really all I want to do. So it becomes less about looking cool or not looking cool and more about waking up every day and figuring out how I can do that more, you know? Yeah, maybe it's also about, you know, there's a moment of a, a, a few minutes ago when I think you were expressing some real emotion and uh, uh, and having a moment that that mattered to you and and I think mattered to me too. And what you said during that moment was, that's who I want to be. But the thing is that you know who you want to be, right? Like we were talking about you being an includer yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and making people feel safe and welcome. And, and you know who you want to be. And I, I, I want to honor the truth that a lot of listeners and a lot of the people that, that you and I get to talk to on an everyday basis haven't figured that out yet, right? They don't know who they want yeah. to be. Um, yeah, yeah. Or maybe they do, but they haven't named it or they're afraid to name it or they got other baggage that is that is keeping them from really being able to see it and understand that thing totally. who they want to be. You know, I've been, I've been yeah. saying, I've been probably to an annoying extent to the people in my life. I've been saying the phrase, I think I was put on this earth to help people gather together and talk about the important stuff of life. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, 
Now, I've been using that phrase a bunch, and I'll, I'll use it everywhere I can. I use it when I speak. <laughs> I use it. I tell my wife it all the time. Like, uh, and I'm sure people. That's start a phrase. To, that phrase. It, it 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 looks good when you read it. It sounds good when you hear it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's exactly. a good phrase. It's, it's a good phrase. Which is <laughs> solid, solid phraseology. The, uh, but there is so much truth in that for me. Like, yeah, and, and it gives me direction, and it gives me confidence, and it allows me to. It allows me to not go for the laugh, the cheap laugh on stage. You know what I'm talking about, right? Not go yeah. for the cheap laugh on stage because that's not what I'm there for anymore. The laugh is fine, but only if it really helps me do that, right? It, it also helps me take risks. This podcast, for example, I don't feel like I'm a great podcast interviewer or host. I, that's okay. I, I want to gather people together to talk about the important stuff of life. That's why I'm here. That Like, that's it. That's what yeah. I'm trying to be. And totally. I have so much more comp personally, just... I have so much more confidence in taking risks like that or in the way that I approach things because I've spent some time and I've done the work trying to figure out what it is that I want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And you bring up the cheap laugh and it just makes me think of the the public speaker I was at 22 or 23, you know, yeah. and even the person I was at, at 22 and 23. And, and I look back on my college experience and like, Right after I think of all the fun memories, I'm just filled with anxiety thinking about imagining myself walking into that bar in college and like scanning the crowd and being like, who's here and blah, blah, blah. And like the second you graduate or, you know, leave your college town, none of that stuff matters anymore, you know? And so what the perspective I have at, at, at 32 that I didn't have at 22, you know, like focus on the things that are a little bit more permanent as opposed to the things that will will, yeah. will undoubtedly not matter in six days, let alone six months, six years, you know? So yeah, man. And and I feel like the all the time spent talking about human connection, you know, when we spent time together as as colleagues, it it kind of makes you think about like, like you said, like, that's the kind of person I want to be, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's really, I mean, it's because again, we're going back to the sincerity and authenticity. Like I want to be a person that, you know, is also moved by what I'm talking about and is also aware of, of how I interact, not just with them while I'm on stage with a, a coat and a tie and, yeah. a, and a microphone. So it does take a lot of that introspection and a lot of that searching, you know, and, and just to, Borrow from my curriculum again, I think a lot of people skip the searching phase, which is healthy introspection, asking yourself these questions, talking to people that you trust and care about to figure out the person you want to be. And they go right towards running. Mm -hmm. They run towards an identity or towards what they think will make them happy. And usually at the same time, they're running away from the baggage, the, thing, the things that they've been holding on to that, that, are, that they feel make them unhappy. And then when they get to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and they realize that it's just chocolate coins and it's not a pot of gold, and now they're hurting, you know, because the thing that they thought was going to make them happy uh, does not. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, and a phrase, I don't think I coined it, but a phrase like, those that are hurting are the ones that hurt others, you know? Yeah. I think that like happy, well-adjusted people are not the ones inflicting pain on themselves or other people. So yeah. I think it's important for us to do searching, to, to ask ourselves, like you were saying, you know, what kind of person do I want to be? What is that kind of vocational calling? Why am I put on this earth? What do I want to do? And then when you, when you kind of unlock that, 
you care very little about your daughter crying on the cereal out because yeah. who gives a yeah. F word? You yeah. know, yeah. it does not matter. It does not matter at all. And you care very little about walking into your college bar and feeling intimidated because, you know, like that guy's here and y'all used to date the same person, but yeah. like it doesn't, none of that matters. So I forget sometimes. I forget why I'm put here and I, uh, I get scared and my insecurities pop out and my defense mechanisms pop in. And I do all those things that we're talking about still to this yeah. day, right? I'm 40 years old and I still do those. I was on stage the other day, big audience, big audience. It was like an arena, like big set, right? <laughs> it, was, it was massive. It was a, yeah. uh, it was cool. And, and uh, it was fun and it, like it had great, great audio, or at least I thought. And I started the program like there was an echo in the room. You know what I'm talking about? Like there was an echo. Yeah. And so it was hard to connect. And I, so was, my timing was a little off and I was getting nervous up there. I was starting to sweat. I sweat all the time, but I was, I was starting to sweat. Oh, I was sweating, sweating right Oh now. man, I sweat all the time. Uh, anyway, the, uh, <laughs> I was really falling, right? Like I was, I was starting to start to fall a little on stage. And, and so I went for a cheap joke, uh, like, and, uh-huh. and you probably know the joke. I won't do it here, but it's my my fun zone deep zone. I was doing fun zone deep zone. I I don't ever even do fun zone deep zone on stage, but like I started to do it because I was looking for something and I knew I could get a laugh. And so I started. Mm-hmm. I, literally, the moment I said, uh, you know, you can you can build connection in one of two zones. Like in my head, I'm like, why am I even doing this? Like, what? Why am what, I going I there? Yeah, right. I don't even. I love this bit, but I I don't. I love the the message if I get to it, but I it's not what I normally do. Like I was I was searching right. And I, I go through it, and then sure enough, I do the cheap joke, and it's like a cheap, like double entendre. Not not even. It's like a single entendre. It's just a sex joke, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, and I get I get a laugh. And, but not only do I get a laugh, a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the men in the crowd, it was a college audience, a bunch of the men in the crowd like start applauding it. And, right, and so yeah. so I get like ah. Well, a couple minutes later, I switched microphones and the rest of the program went brilliantly. Like the rest of the program is oh. one of the best ones I've had. Crush it. Yeah. But the next day, uh, or actually about three days later, I get a text message from one of the students in the audience. He sends me a picture of the quote of the dirty joke that I did on stage written on a whiteboard on campus with my name underneath it, like credited uh. me for this. <laughs> so, so like I respond like, thanks for thinking of me. I feel a lot of shame attached to that cheap joke. Could you please erase it? Like, please. Because now my, yeah. na- my name is on a whiteboard in some professor's office with some, some sex joke. And like, and it was a great And now program. there's a picture of it, right. too. There's and a picture, there's a picture of, it of, it of it floating around the internet someplace. Anyway, the, uh, but that was, that was me full-on defense mechanism, right? Like, Absolutely. I'm scared. There's an echo. Help me survive. Help me not be laughed at and booed off stage. I don't know. Yeah. Make, make, you know, lowbrow jokes. That's not what saved me. The new microphone is what saved me. No, totally, man. And that's 100% what I'm talking about to audiences is those forces are powerful. They have brought down great people. The desire to not look like an idiot or, you know, the desire to seek positive affirmation and avoid negative attention uh, are very powerful and they will cause you to act out of character. Yeah. And... What you need to do is you need to replace those forces with something that pulls you into a, a more healthier direction that is detached from results and that comes from the inside out, not the outside in. 
So if people want to bring you in to speak to their audience about uh, about those messages and all the other stuff you talk about, is that VinceFaber.com? Is that where people find you nowadays? You can, you can find me at VinceFaber.com. Uh, you can, you know, find me at uh, Vince.Fabra at gmail.com. And those are good places to start. And I would be uh, open to just meeting you, chatting with you, and seeing if I can help. And if not, I can figure out someone who can. So so uh, I understand you add a lot of value to people's lives on Instagram. Am I getting that right? I do. I do. <laughs> on Instagram, I only follow my wife. I used to not post. And the, the tagline on, on how I closed out my podcast was, uh, I don't post. I only follow my wife. I will not enrich your life in any way. But now I, I post semi-regularly, mostly about my daughter. So the new tagline is, Keeping it wholesome on the gram because mm. there's a lot of things on the gram that are f- powerful forces that have brought down great people, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. and uh, just trying to keep it wholesome on the gram, you know? Yeah, that's great. Not uh, not on team follow back. Not on team follow back. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's fine. So people can listen to You Almost Had It. Just look, go to your podcast provider, search for You Almost Had It. It's a fantastic podcast. Great, great concept. You're nearly 50 episodes in. I don't know when this particular episode of our uh, People People podcast will be released, but you're nearly 50 episodes into the You Almost Had It podcast. Great, great concept. People try something and they almost have it. Uh, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't have it at all. Yeah. And it always ends up in a great story. And then you uh, you have longer interviews, long form conversation. And it's funny. Uh, it's great guests. Uh, there's, uh, there's, you know, you'll learn a whole new set of podcast lingo. Uh, you'll be a Yahi tuna. Absolutely. Uh, I, anyway, I love your podcast. I want to give you a sincere compliment. I've, I've really enjoyed it since day one. I feel like it's getting better and better. And it is a normally a, th- what, 30 to 60 minutes worth of, uh, worth of just actual connection. I feel like you do a great job of really connecting with people on it. Thanks, man. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've had to, it's, it's, it's not super hard to run a podcast, but it's hard to do one every week. And it's hard to, to do one when, when you've got other things that, that, are, that should be more important. Yeah. But it, when I've had to defend, you know, like, I want to keep doing this podcast to my wife or to my friends or, you know, to, to, to people that are saying, why are you doing it? I'm just like, I think it combines all the things that I want to do and do well, you know, like to be an includer, to have fun and deep conversations, to try new things. And I, and I really enjoy it, you know, so we took a little bit of a break just cause things got hectic with, with, with having a, a, a young baby and, you know, my, my, my tank was kind of uh, on E so to speak for the podcast. But after taking about a six month hiatus, we're back for season two, check us out with your podcast provider. And if we're not there, go find another podcast provider. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Screw, yeah. screw that old one. Go get yourself yeah, a new provider. Sure. Uh, Are you trying to land the plane? Because I, I could talk to you for another hour. What, 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 you're, you're, you're getting me oh, to yeah. plug stuff as if yeah, we're, I, we're trying to keep it about an hour right now. Yeah, I was bringing it home. I was bringing it home. Yeah. yeah is that all right? You all feel right. okay about closing this thing up? Yeah. I feel good. You want to you wanna borrow a Yahi and, and do just a remember when? That's how we close yeah. our episodes with like a, a little, little crossover, you know? Why don't you take over? Oh, there's a crossover episode. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll post, I'll post the heck out of this for on the Yahi podcast. You're welcome to it. You're welcome to it. You, you've done the work for me. This is great. This was all a ruse. This was all a ruse. <laughs> sure, I'll be a guest. 
Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Let's um, take over. How does how does how does it go on the Yahi podcast? Cool. Well, uh, Matt Matson, do you want to plug anything? Is there any uh, way the people can find you? The people, people, people can well, find you. As always, you can learn all about us at social-excellence.com or peoplepeoplepodcast.com. Both of those URLs go to the same place, you know, just to make it easy. You know, uh, just trying to spread human connection everywhere we can, doing a bunch of social excellence speaking right now. Really trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm experimenting with some new ideas. I'm taking a risk uh, doing a local event in our community called campfire talk along where we're going to do some social excellence messaging we got somebody playing a guitar uh and we're going to do it at a coffee shop and serve drinks uh that's going to be a whole new way yeah. to do social excellence or for people to experience social excellence i'm pumped about that uh no man that's uh that's about it this is the stuff that i'm doing hey check out uh the people people podcast it's a fantastic podcast so it, just in case there's a crossover <laughs> cases does air on the yahi feed yeah. there well while you were talking, I was listening, and I was hoping that you had a second track going in your brain that was trying to think of a a fun or interesting or deep story from our friendship. A very, very, you know, almost almost eight, nine years going on at this point. We've got obviously some chemistry, as people have witnessed for the hour long episode here. So, yeah. can you think of a can you think of a fun story that would be a great way to close? And it, it it can capture the essence of what we've talked about, or it can be something that completely undoes all the great things we've talked about. You know, if it's if whatever is just the first thing that comes to your mind is the right answer. <laughs> So, uh, okay, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is probably inappropriate, uh, even for a podcast. There's there's no nudity involved. Uh, there are, People will not be able to see the nudity involved in this particular story. But unfortunately, yeah. this is the story that pops up. But uh, maybe I should start. Also, with- just want to say quick aside, when I had Josh Arendi on the podcast, you're yeah. a longtime friend and, uh, you know, co-founder of all these businesses yeah. that you're attached with. That was the first story that he also wanted to bring up. He so, did? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't, I didn't remember that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say. So Vince made a a, a strange and and uh, and maybe a un ununderstandable, un, misunderstandable. No, that's not the word I was looking for. Anyway, <laughs> you made a comment. <laughs> made a comment earlier that I'm sure most listeners didn't understand when you were like, or maybe on a company retreat and a couple of guys are sitting in a hot tub. Uh, and yeah. we have a conversation. First of all, that was that's a normal thing for the type of company retreats uh, that that Vince and I have a history of going on. Our company, yeah. uh, when we, you know, the the people who we work with who teach social excellence, we are intentionally and always pretty open to finding new ways to connect with one another. So yeah, we're at this cabin that that particular one. We we're at this cabin in Indiana, I think. There was a hot tub outside. It's midnight. We're like, hey, let's go outside. Let's sit in the hot tub. And let's talk about weird stuff. I really, I think that was literally the the plan. That was the plan, right? Yeah. And we go out there and uh, I think it was you, me and KJ McNamara. I could be wrong about that. It was you, me and KJ. Shout out. It was, it was KJ. What's up, KJ? Uh, We're sitting in a hot tub uh, talking, literally intentionally trying to talk about like, like trying to get weird, trying to talk about stuff that people don't normally talk about. We talked about religion, like directly. What do you believe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what, <laughs> and we talked about, I don't know what else we talked about, but it was, it was, uh, that was great. So yeah, to take it back to, to Josh Arendi's story that he may have shared, what I recall is the very first staff retreat we were on together. We were at another cabin in Indiana. There was a ropes course that we had, we had really crushed during the day, <laughs> a low ropes course. 
And yeah. uh, uh, and for whatever reason, at nighttime, uh, once it, once it was you know eleven o'clock at night, probably. Yeah, you were. I, I'm I'm guessing this is the way I remember. You were like, "Hey, let's go out. Let's go for a hike. Let's go for a night hike." And okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll clean up the story. Uh, but yeah, keep going. I'm sure this is how it happened. And, <laughs> and we go we go we go for a night hike. And uh, there's about four or five of us. I don't remember how who were out there. We go for a little long hike down by the river. People almost break their legs. It is very dangerous hiking at night. This wasn't a real trail. We were off. We were off pissed, as they say out here in the mountains. We were, we were, uh, and we we hiked through it, and we get back to the camp, and we had just achieved an adventure together. We had we had been through an ordeal, uh, and I remember the next thing we do is we walk through this like uh, there's like a pole barn out there. There's like a pole barn that was open, and we walk through yeah. this pole barn, and as we're walking through, like a thousand bats. Uh, come down Absolutely. from the rafters and fly everywhere. <laughs> and all of us, all five of the men walking through that pole, pole barn screamed, like at high pitch, screamed to match the we sound. We were very of the alarmed. Oh, very alarmed. And we continue walking. Now we had been through two ordeals together and we find ourselves <laughs> continuing our hike back toward the ropes course. We get to the low ropes course and we get to the, the wall. What is it? An eight foot wall, a 10 foot wall? Probably, it, it, I'm telling a story. It's a 16 foot wall, this giant wall. Yeah. And, yeah. and the goal during the day when you're doing a normal facilitated ropes course is to get everybody up the wall, right? Get everybody up the wall. And all I remember is me and Josh were at the top of the wall, maybe more people. And Vince is coming up the wall. I don't, I don't remember who lifted you. I don't know. I remember how it happened. <laughs> Vince is coming up the wall. We reached out to assist Vince. Vince, for whatever reason, <laughs> is buck naked, like full Just on buck naked. naked. And now you got to help yeah. your buddy Vince, your buddy Vince on his first staff retreat. <laughs> Up, the, up <laughs> over, over the top of the wall, and he's naked. And you get to know a man. You know, you, you get to know a man and his strengths and his weaknesses very quickly. Absolutely. At a rope score like that. That's pretty sure that's an accurate story. That is an accurate story. That is the fun zone version of that story. Now let oh. me tell you the deep zone version of that story, oh, Matt Matson, where these two okay. intersect. Okay? okay. The only the only the only fact that uh I, I, I can one hundred percent say was inaccurate from your story is I was happy playing cards inside and you and Josh and another gentleman named Matt were going on a night hike. And you said, hey, Vince, why don't you come on this night hike? And I had no intention of going on the night hike. <laughs> and I did. I did. And then uh, we had all those adventures that you talked about. Yeah. And then fast forward to my very last staff retreat where we are co-workers together. And I told that story as we were standing around kind of debriefing that, you know, we're all about to go home and it's especially heavy you know, or, or emotional uh, because this is my last staff retreat and we've spent some good years together. And I told that story and I said, you know, you know why I went on that, uh, on that night hike, Matt Matson? And you said, why? And we're in front of all of our coworkers. And I said, cause you asked me to. Hmm. And I remember our sweet friend, KJ McNamara, she just goes, cause you asked me to. <laughs> and she just was was moved by that because it is very is uh, as simple as it can be. You asked, and I said yes, and maybe we broke a couple of HR rules yeah. on, along the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe in a normal company, I would have been fired uh, the next day. But I think you know it, we made a memory together, and it all happened because uh, one person said, "Hey." you want to go do something silly. And the other person said, yeah. So yeah. fun zone and deep zone, the same story. Both the zones touched. You nailed it. 
thanks to Vince Fabra. Thank you to Vince Fabra for being on the People People podcast. Vince, you got any last words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? No, I just appreciate you, Matt Matson, and I'm excited to, uh, to to follow the journey of this podcast and campfires and all those uh, awesome things that you're doing. And I also agree, you were put on this earth to do what you're uh, working hard to do. So I, I'm I'm proud of you, man. I appreciate you involving me in that effort. Thanks for this, brother. Yes, sir. You know, there are moments both on this episode and in real life with Vince that I've just felt some of the most pure human connection ever. Uh, Vince is one of those guys who is always leaning in, always trying to connect with people on a real level. Uh, Vince is also one of those guys who knows you don't have to go deep zone. You don't have to talk about the biggest, heaviest, darkest stuff of life in order to connect with people in a real, genuine, joyful, heart-to-heart way. Vince has this way of using comedy, of using fun uh, to make people feel included and to make people feel good about themselves and to make people feel seen. And I love that about Vince. And make sure you check out Vince's podcast, You Almost Had It. Uh, And thanks for listening to ours. We'll talk to you again soon.